Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
This is Rebinda with MZN Indie Radio, bringing you another wonderful evening of conversation and music. I want to thank you all for coming to um, um, check us out tonight. While we have a great guest, Mr. Rick Atari, we're going to talk a little bit about him before we bring him in. Um, I'm going to just read you some fabulous information. I mean, he is a wonderful song writer, producer, entrepreneur. I mean, he's just in it all. The evolution of music continues as Atlanta singer-rapper Rick Atari enters the scene and takes center stage with a style unlike any other. Rick transitions between singing and rapping with a smooth versatility. Recognized for his exceptional talent and lyrical ability, Rick's style combines pop, hip-hop, and electronic dance, elevating all to a new dimension. Now, when describing his sound, as with all creators, Atari is hesitant to box himself into one genre, which is wonderful thing. But he does say if Lady Gaga and Andre 3000 had a baby and then Prince raised it, that would be very close to his sound. Now, that is a combination. I, I mean, the craziest one I've ever heard, but I would love to see that. <laughs> a mixtape phenom in late 2009, Rick recently released songs in the key of autotune. The mixtape project included the hit I Must Be Special, plus other standout tracks such as Comeback, Crashing, Sex, Money, Drugs, and Music, Sweet Nothings with singer and actress Brandy, my girl. And in early 2010, he was featured on Drake's soundtrack, Smash Hit, All I Know, which we will be playing this evening. Now, he's worked with a lot of great people, and I'm going to give some names to you. Snoop Dogg, Drake, Gucci Mane, The Game, Killer Mike, Your Boy, Young Dro, The Mission District, Playboy Trey, and Sean Phelan, just to name a few. He has so many more people that he's going to be working with, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's bring him in now. Rick, are you on the line with us? Yes, I am. What's happening? What's happening? Hey, how you doing? Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Um, we are happy Thank to you have you here. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. I mean, what an incredible uh, career so far. I mean, like, seems like you pretty much been in it, but it just feels like you're just starting. So, tell me, how did you just get involved in the music industry? Oh man, um, <clears throat> just being around Atlanta. You know, I've been here. I'm from Atlanta or whatever, and I lived in some other cities, but I'm, I'm from Atlanta. And uh, just being around the business, uh, hooking up. You know, with several different entities, Atlanta is really clickish. You know, and uh, I don't know if you because you're in Jersey, right? Yeah, I'm in Jersey, but I heard yeah, about that click stuff. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta is really clickish, so it's like you know, there's uh, a few clicks in the in the in the early 2000s, end of the 90s, you know, into the 2000s uh, that were really running Atlanta sound. And uh, you know, I've, I've been around several of those clicks, and uh, I, I did a deal one time with Dallas Austin, who was who was one of the most popular uh, producers ever to come out of Atlanta. He did everybody michael jackson he did abc and boys to men's first two albums and, and everything madonna and dallas was really big and i uh signed actually an artist deal with dallas and his label kind of went in a, a weird direction and kind of stopped for a while so during that time you know that deal was over and uh i've talked to other cliques in atlanta but i just was always kind of on my own thing you know what i mean and i never wanted to be the guy in the closet making beats for any producers. Not saying Dallas, but just other producers who've offered me um, situations like that where they want you to just get on salary and then make beats in the closet for them, you know what I mean, and let them get the real money. Right. And I just never wanted to be that person. So um, I decided to, you know, just 
take the struggle route a little bit longer, you know what I mean, to get where I wanted to go. Uh-huh. And uh, I ended up uh, working with Usher, and that was probably my first big record, you know, my first big placement or whatever. Um was on Usher's 8701 album, and I did the record Separated, which was like the last record on the album. Um, and I did it with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and uh, Duran from 112. So it was a it was a big, big deal, you know what I mean? That was the first real record that I placed, the biggest record, so... Absolutely. I mean, that's amazing, Usher. <laughs> yeah. And it did good, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, I know. It did really well. So, so you, got, you got to hang out with Usher while you were working on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, a uh, funny story. We had a uh, – who threw the party? I don't know if Puffy threw the party. Somebody threw a white party, and it was, like, right around the time we were doing that Usher record. And um, Usher came into the white party, and there was just tons of, you know, people there. And Usher came into the white party and, like, literally – was about to be mobbed in the white part. It's <laughs> just by crazy girls. It was about to kill this dude. You know what I'm saying? And actually, uh, he, he ran over to where I am because I'm a big dude, and a lot of people mistake me for a security guard anyway when I go somewhere. So uh, that's the first thing they think I'm a security guard or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so Usher ran over to me, and we were talking to him and his bodyguard, and I basically uh, had found this little this little exit way to the downstairs where everybody was at, and I showed him the little slick, Secret way, <laughs> and I think that saved his ass that night. <laughs> so. oh, no, nah, it's just good funny. people. Every time I see him, it's always real good. Yeah, I've always um, um, loved Usher. I mean, like he he's like a stand-up guy. He does a whole lot of stuff for other people, and now yeah. he has a, a great family. You know, it's, it's probably another phase in his life for him. Oh but yeah, Usher's real cool. Film. And the crazy thing is, his mom is a uh, his mom is somebody who you know is always known for her business savvy, but if you ask people, you know, do they get along with Janetta, you know, blah, 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 uh, most people will probably say no. Most people that I know say no. But for some reason, she really took me. She <laughs> loves me. Like, everybody who people never get along with, I get along with them fine. That's just really crazy. But <laughs> So, yeah. So, yeah, well, that's your, your nice spirit. That's that wonderful spirit you have. That's what that is. <laughs> I appreciate it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, working with him was great. Now, what other people did you get an opportunity to work with besides the ones we mentioned? You know, like um, what kind of experiences did you have with them? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that I work with people. Like, that's why, you know, I always tell people um, because I'm a producer, I'm a songwriter, I'm an MC, you know. Um, I do a lot of different things, and it's hard for people to understand that when you meet them. So a lot of times people will meet me, you know, on one way, and they'll never know that I did this other stuff. Like most people know I never managed a lot of people. I managed, like, a lot of, you know, semi-famous people, uh, including Deron from 112. And I managed, uh, if you watched I Love New York, remember that show? Um, I yeah. Managed Buddha. I managed Buddha, who was on that show. Uh, I managed uh, Shamrock, who won the White Rapper Show on VH1. Uh, I managed a lot of different people. I managed an actor by the name of Cedric Pendleton. He's one of my best friends, and uh, he's on House of Pain. He does like he's done like fifty plus episodes on House of Pain. So he says I've done a lot wow. of different you know things in the business, and I just always was a person who was creative and business minded. So this is kind of hard for people to understand that. But so some people meet me as a manager and didn't even know I was a producer or an artist or whatever. So anyway. Uh, you know, 
that's 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 how I got started. So I would produce for different people and write hooks for certain rappers or, you know, make the beat or, or write a song for some R and B artist. So it's crazy, you know, different ways I work with different people. But Killer Mike I uh produced a record uh on one of his albums called God in the Building and that's one of uh people's, you know, favorite Killer Mike record. If you check that out on YouTube, it's a real big record. Uh I work with Young Joe. I've done records with Young Joe, you know, we've rapped on records together and I produce records for him. Uh Snoop Dogg, I just got to work with Snoop Dogg on a record that's gonna be on Atari Mania which is my new CD that's about to come out uh, on January 11th. So work with him, work with Drake by me being a songwriter and, you know, the label sending me this record that had his verses and they had these dope verses on it, but they didn't have any hook for the record. So they sent me the record. I wrote the hook and performed the hook, and that's how All I Know came about. Um, just different ways, you know, work with everybody. Gucci Man, I produced. <laughs> Gucci Man has to be the fastest <laughs> artist in, in music history. Uh, but I've done, in one night, I've done eight full songs of Gucci Man in one night and six in another night. So wow. he's probably the fastest working person in music uh, that I've run across so far. So, um, so, yeah, that's, you know, so different different things. Like the Mission District, uh, I don't know if a lot of people know about the Mission District in America, but we had like a top five record in the U.K. and in Canada this year. Uh, it's a record called So Over You. If you check that out on YouTube, uh, Mission District is like a, they're like a punk pop kind of kind of rock band, you know what I'm saying? And they're from uh, right. from overseas and uh I got called in to to work on a record and co-produce a record which turned out to be their first single. So so over you was co-produced by Rick Guitar. And uh so just different opportunities come from different ways is basically what I'm trying to say. Okay. Well, that's a whole lot right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Um yeah. so now how do you transition from doing all those things to being um you know, focused on your own music, you as an artist, you know, promoting yourself. It's uh, it's it's I had to let you know I had to let something go just for scheduling wise and and management. You know, while it's cool and can be you know fruitful if you had the right client or whatever, um, it's eighty percent babysitting in my you know, finding. So it's like, and not, and not to say anything about the clients, but I'm just saying that's just what it is. You're babysitting, you're taking calls, you're, you know, you're making sure that everybody's where they need to be. And that was cool and it, it made good money, but it's not really what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? I could do it, but it, it wasn't really my, the thing that, that was interesting to me the most. So I closed the Aspen agency, which was my uh, management company um, in Atlanta, closed that down and started to focus on just, you know, producing and also being an artist. People have wanted me to be an artist for years. Um, it's, it's, it's always been that way. Everybody I work with says, you know, you need to put out a record. So, And I would just always dismiss it because, you know, in 2001, 2002, producers, you know, made a lot more money than they do now, and it was just, like, very easy money. You know, you get a check for this much here, a check for this much here. You ain't got to go on the road. You don't have to, you know what I mean? <laughs> you just come in, make right. your beat, drop your beat, produce the record, and you get a big payday. So that's why I like that more. But I wanted to uh, go ahead and, and do the artist thing because I just feel like what I bring as an artist is not here. And I feel like it's a it's a big piece of the puzzle that needs to be out here. I feel like, um, you know, and even like in the 80s, you know, artists were more, they were just more characters. They were more, they were bigger, you know what I'm saying? They were larger than life. And uh, I didn't see a lot of that. Like, it's cool what's going on and, you know, everybody's very accessible and that's cool and that's a part of what we're doing now in music. But I feel like one of the reasons Gaga is so big is because, 
you you see Gaga and you're like, what in the hell is that? You know what I'm saying? What what is going uh-huh. on? And the music is My dope. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> She's a character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Her whole shit is is dope. So, uh, you know that's 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 a big part of it. The big part of why Prince was so big. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like the influences that I have, like. He was larger than life, you know what I mean? He did some stuff that I probably would never even try to do, you know what I mean? But that was another I time. He was, he he I could never right do that, now. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, like, you know, just his his essence as being a, a superstar, you know, and I just don't feel like right. it's a lot of people with that, you know, with that. Uh, no, element. Not like, at all. You know, it's not. And it's like even uh, Will Smith's daughter, you know, a lot of people were down on her record to whip my hair. But I love the more so than the record. I love the video because it was like she's yeah. nine years old and she's got more yeah. charisma than the 90 percent of the chicks yeah, doing right. music right now. You know what I mean? And that's sad. So sad. I just wanted to bring that element yeah, back. And I said, I'll go ahead and do a project. Oh, absolutely. I think um, it's great that you wanted to do that. I'm glad that you even had that forethought uh, to, to come out and do that because that's right. what we need. We really, especially if you have the uh, skills to be a producer and to manage. You've been in the business and long enough to know exactly what's needed. So when you do right. your project, you know it comes out perfect because it's what everybody's looking for. I'm really enjoying it. Right, I, and I agree. Right. Not to sound, you know, arrogant, but I really agree. Like that's as far that's if there's a formula to what I do, it's that. You know what I'm saying? Um, being able to to hear sounds that are going to be dope before everybody else knows they're dope. You know, on the production side, and being a step ahead of the game, and having management background, and being able to perform as an artist, like I think it's going to be something you know that people take to. And so far, you know, people have been taking to it beyond my wildest dreams. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the fact that you are um, so versatile with it and that you are also going into, like, international territory because I noticed that there's a lot of um, U.K. people, Asian people who are really enjoying the Western music and that we really need to, um, you know, have uh, all that stuff combined because that's how we get the best type of music. So I'm glad that you're involved in that. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's it's – even even bigger than the music side, not to sound corny, but it's like it's it's cool that everybody can enjoy the same type of music on a bigger level. You know what I mean? Um, the oh, way yeah. I, you know our country and the world is really divided, and how our country's been super divided. It's like it's good that people can you know enjoy some of the same stuff. And that's what I thought was dope about '80s music. Like you know Madonna, she's a white chick, but her record would be you know on a black station if it was a hot R&B record. You know, and Prince or Michael Jackson had a hot pop record, he'd be on the white stations. And it's just like, it should just be about the music and who can make the best music. So I'm really uh, excited about, you know, the direction that I'm going in. So how, let me ask you this. How do you feel about, you know, the way that the radio stations actually have all the genres, like, broken apart so that, like, well, not all of them, but some of them play a multitude of different genres, right. but the generally the hottest ones only play like either rock or hip-hop or R&B or jazz right. or whatever. How do you feel about that? You know, cause like, don't you agree that we may need to do something about that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like that they that they have it divided just because if you like, if as a consumer, if you like music in a certain form, because that's all these genres are. It's like country and R&B is the same exact thing, except for they use a steel guitar and we use, a, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> the, the uh-huh. soul, you know, kind of funk guitar. So, like, um, you know, it's the same thing. So it's like I could see where, yeah, you could put it all together, you know, but 
there's certain people who just don't gravitate, which I think everybody should try to open up and gra- gravitate to to different types of music. But um, people, you know, can only take music in a certain light. So yeah, you can't divide it up, but just have it have it open enough to where you don't say, you know, only uh, uh, white males and females can make pop music. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't ever uh-huh. do that again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, do not do it now, but don't ever do that again. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you can't do that. You know, it's dope. It's dope. Uh, black black people sing country. Darius Rucker from Who and the Blowfish is killing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's the black dude singing country. So it's like, take it how it comes. Far East Movement, perfect example. Um, Far East yeah. Movement has the number one record in the country. And, like, most of our folks don't even know who the Far East Movement is. And it's kind of sad because we only listen to one or two channels on that dial. But it's like, um, these dudes are dope. And their record is hot. You know, they got Snoop on their record. They got Kerry Hilson on their record. So, you know, they they mess with us and they mess with our music. And they make hot music. And it's just like, if people open up a little bit, they really enjoy a lot of different stuff. Speaking of that record, um, did you get it? I sent it to you. I'm on the remix uh, for that record. Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm gonna play that next. Um, Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, So there's a lot of people on that on that track. You got Colette, you got the Jay, you got CC Boom Boom, Cataracts. Now, how did you get all those people together to to be on that track? Well, the initial record um, is a Far East Movement record, and they have an album called Free Wired that's out right now. Um, so go to iTunes and, and check it out. The album is dope. And get the single like a G6. The original version is their record. And uh, what happened was um, the Cataracts and Dev, they were already a part of the record. The Cataracts produced the record, and Dev is the girl who does the hook. And Far East Movement mm-hmm. do all the verses. So uh, what happened was, you know, me just being, liking the record, I just jumped on the beat. And, and wrote a rap to the beat, you know what I mean, and put it up on YouTube. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that. And the game did the game did that too. The game did it. He wrote him a verse and put it up on YouTube. And then Colette Carr, <laughs> who's another uh, female who signed to the same label as Far uh, Far East Movements, Cherry Tree Records, and uh, she had done a verse too. So. I guess, you know, the verses were out there and they were doing pretty good, getting a lot of views. And I'm always on the Cherry Tree website and uh, talking to all the people there. They're really cool and they're real, you know, viral with their stuff. The owner of the label, he's there on the chat, you know, in the chat room with everybody. So I talked to everybody on there and uh, they heard my verse and, you know, everybody heard the Colette verse and the game verse and somebody popped it up and put it together and there it is. So. Wow. There's uh yeah, it, it worked pretty good because the record ended up going number one. It's number one in the country right now. Um, so yeah, it's something else because after I first talked to you, and and I saw them, you with an ad with them, and it was like all of a sudden I saw them everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's how it works. Like, you know like, what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. like, Colette she like I don't know if anybody knows Colette Carr's is uh, I think Colette's 19, and she's a white rapper from uh, Malibu. So it's like you got the Asian dudes, you got me from the A with whatever I am, you know what I'm saying? You got the game from Cali, you know, and then you got you got the young Colette Carr, you know, who's a young white chick from Malibu. So it don't get no whiter than that, but she's super cool. You know what I mean? Well, let me play that song. I want the audience to listen to that. And um, and then um, once again, when we come back, I want you to share the link to get access to that because I think everybody should be playing that. I'm actually going to add this to the playlist of my other radio station, too. So let's okay. listen to oh. like a G6. I, this song makes me just dance. So. Popping <laughs> <laughs> bottles Now I'm feeling so fly like 
understand the truth It's in the booth when they be hearing me Guitar love, homie, yeah, lyrically I'm catastrophic, hate I'm cataclysmic, futuristic Flip it right here in the flesh with bitches Shout out for shot, give it all that you got If you bite it by the bar, you can break the bitches But please don't break the throne, no Fly through the air, I'm Sonny Bono Who's out of there, nothing that I don't know Either I'm faded or y'all is slow-mo Fly 
Wow, that, that is so hot. That is so hot. I'm going to tell you right now, just in case y'all don't understand and don't believe me, I'm looking at the Billboard um, charts website right now, and this song is number one for the Hot 100 song, number five for pop songs, number 29 for dance and club songs, number four for radio songs, and number three for ringtones, Okay. Yeah, I'm getting it in. And it ain't like, you know, I won't try to take credit or nothing. That's they record. You know what I mean? I'm just on the remix. Uh-huh. But, yeah, they doing their thing, man. They doing their thing. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Wow. So now, what projects are you them. working on? They went platinum, out, too. The single already went platinum. Oh, it did? Oh, that's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What were you saying? What What are the other projects are you working on um, besides that? Now, we did mention songs in the key of auto-tune. Um, that you released, and we also talked about um, the songs with Brandy and Sweet Nothing. Um, yeah. What other things are you doing? I'm working on Atari Mania right now. Um, it's my uh, like my next my next street release. It's gonna be totally for free. Uh, a double CD release since I do you know do do rap you know hip hop stuff and also do you know pop R and B stuff whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm doing one album that's more on the hip hop urban side, and then I'm doing one album that's like my just off the wall shit, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm gonna do those too. And I'm gonna release them as a as a duo. Uh, the duo is called Atari Mania, and it's gonna drop on one eleven eleven, which is January eleventh. So we're gonna drop it then, and before then, I'm gonna do uh, a few videos. Uh, you know, just throughout the holidays, just to keep everybody. Uh, moving towards that January 11th date. So that's what I'm working on, Atari Mania, as far as Rick Atari goes. And then on outside production stuff, I, um, I did some records with Jill Scott for her new record. Um, don't know if both records will make the album or, or what's going to happen, but we did records and uh, some incredible some incredible music, so hopefully uh, those get there. Um, writing with uh, CeeLo, CeeLo's album comes out on November the 9th. Y'all get it. I'm telling y'all, this is like the dopest album to come out in the last, I don't know how long. <laughs> but it's dope. I heard the <laughs> album already. Please buy this dude's album, man. It's dope. Um, but I'm working with his his production camp. Uh, he and Graham Marsh, my homeboy Graham, they are uh, production partners, and we've been working together on some records for myself and Jay Black, uh, who records for Black Tree Music also. And uh, just doing records for other people. So doing all of that stuff and, and working on inside projects, my project, Jay's project. And uh, there's a, a 12-year-old kid by the name of Tony Arrow who's incredible, uh, who we recently signed, and we're putting out his first single in January, too. So just working on that stuff on the music front. Wow. Now tell me this. I, I read in your bio that they call you the cancer. Tell, tell us why <laughs> they call you the cancer. <laughs> they, call, they call me the can for an exec who shall uh, remain nameless, but uh, he he's a pretty big exec out there, and I met him, and I've been around him a couple of times, and uh, he found out, you know, like I said, I don't normally tell people if they meet me as a, a producer, I never really tell them I was a manager. So anyway, he found out, you know, he met me as a producer, found out I was a manager of different people, and then he found out, you know, that I was a songwriter, and then he found out, you know, about a couple of ventures that I have outside of, um, you know, that realm of music, uh, being a partner at a studio and stuff like that. And he was just like, dang, dude, he was like, you're like, you're like a cancer. Like, <laughs> you're getting in one part and just, you know, attaching the other parts, so and you're going to eat the whole industry up, right? I was like, that's the plan, you know. So that's where the cancer came from, so. 
That's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, if you're multi-talented, why not be a multi-based um, industry? I mean, there's so much you can do in that. So why yeah. not? You can do yeah, it, you right? Know, you know, it's amazing how, um, <clears throat> like, that's been a fight for me the whole time I've been in the business is because I don't know if it's, if it's a jealousy thing or I don't know if it's just that people really can't believe it, but it's just like people, you know, when you deal with people in power, they really don't want you to do but one thing. They want you to, if you're a producer, sit down and produce and make records. You know, if you're an artist, be an artist. If you're a manager, be a manager. Like they can't fathom the idea of somebody being able to do more than one thing. So it's been a little tough on that, you know, end of the spectrum. So, but it's working out anyway. I know how you feel because I do a lot of different things too, and people keep saying, "Wait a minute, weren't you just doing this, or now you're doing that?" You know, right. and, and if you if you have the ability to to focus your mind on multiple things at the same time, then right. why not? There's a lot of people that can do that, but there's a lot right. of people who can't, and they don't understand right. it. So yeah. you know, I just keep on going. I just keep on going. I'm, they, my, I have friends call me Gigabyte. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'd be like, like, have y'all ever heard of a dude named Diddy? Like, have y'all ever heard of, you know what I'm saying? Have y'all ever heard of Baby from Cashman? Like, you know what I mean? Like, even though Baby's more on the exact side, but, I mean, there's several people who can do it. You know, there's several people. There's not a lot of artists who can do all the things I do as an artist, but, like, as far as, you know, doing business and being a creative person, it's definitely, it definitely can be done. You know, rappers do it all the time. They start clothing lines that are successful. They do, you know what I mean? So, Right, and TV, and then movies and acting. Right, exactly. I mean, look at Ludacris. Ludacris does a lot of different exactly. things. So, exactly. You know, Luda. and I like I know Luda. I know Luda when Luda, you know, when Luda was, Luda was the hardest working dude at, at uh, Hot 107, which is uh, which is what it is now, Hot 107.5. Uh, but it was Hot 97 back then. Like he was the hardest working dude, man. He rapped, you know, he and I work uh, rapped in a group for like a, a hot second together. But, like, he, he, he worked at the club. He worked on the radio. You know what I'm saying? He'd leave, go into the club, work at the club until 2 or maybe 4 in the morning. And then his show started, I think, at 6 in the morning. So he'd leave, not even go home and sleep, just come straight to the radio station and sleep on the sofa, mm-hmm. you know, for those couple of hours. And he did this every weekend. So, like, you know, people think that rappers just are giving stuff, but, like, people really put in time and work. And, uh, you know, when that payoff comes, it, it, it's worth it, you know, because you put in the time. So. Well, it's working for him, and you know, yeah. I mean, he's in movies. He's on, you know, he's doing everything that he does. So, it, right. it, hard work does pay off. It does pay right. off. You know, I just look at it like, man, that's my homeboy. He used to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's Chris. Right. You know what I'm saying? He used to, he used to just sleep on the couch in the in the production room, you know, because he was grinding. <laughs> and I'm like, I look at him now, you know, and I'm like, that's good for him. You know what I mean? Like, more power to him. Right. Now, you were telling me before that you were going to be doing something with Lady Gaga. Yeah, well, here's the, the thing is, I was saying that, um, and, and it's something that I really didn't want to tell too many people, but it's too late now. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the same guy who signed Lady Gaga, uh, the guy named uh, Cherry Cherry Boom Boom or Martin Kurzenbaum, and uh, he's the, the president of A&R for Interscope Records. And he signed a lot of dope acts or whatever. And, uh, you know, he and I have been have been talking about some things. So um, y'all just keep supporting Rick Attar, support the Sitar Mania, and, and it might be some real big stuff jumping off. Oh, absolutely. You know, you got my support. 
Yeah, you know, we I can help promote you and whatever I can do, I I'll be happy to help you with that. You I know. certainly appreciate so what, it. So what do you what do you think about um, the changes that are going on in regards to the, to the music industry? As far as like a lot of people moving towards the internet for their promotion and distribution, as opposed to um, just definitely trying to go with the major labels. Like, you know, how do you feel about that? And do you think that it's, it's a good choice to actually do it from the internet side? I think it kind of depends. Um, like, I, I think it kind of depends, you know, what, what type of music you're doing. Um, if you're doing, you know, a certain type of music to where you know already in your heart that it's not going to be a record that's – your type of music isn't going to sell, you know, a million copies of it. You know what I'm saying? If you know this business and you know what sells and what kind of ways, then if you know your music isn't going to be selling millions of copies and you know that you may possibly sell 100,000 copies of what you're doing, then I think – as a businessman, it's smarter to go to the net and make the money yourself. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. making, you know, $10 on, on 100,000 CDs, so, you know what I mean? That's money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as opposed to, you know, you sell, you sell, a, you know, you sell 100,000 CDs with a major label, and then you, you, you're trying to figure out what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, because there's nothing coming back. I know. So, and that's what you know, I some change. Right, you know, and I think it's, yeah, and I think it's, I think it's just a better business decision. Now, if you're doing pop records, you know, if you're doing pop music or, or anything like that, R&B crossover, any kind of dance, electronic or whatever, um, no, well, maybe not even dance electronic, but more so the pop and the, the pop R&B stuff. Like, I think your best bet is with a label, you know, because, the climate and the music that you're going against and the way it's set up, like it's very corporate, you know, and, and coming mm-hmm. as an independent pop artist, you know, it's it's a real uphill battle. Whereas if you can, you know, make some noise for yourself in your region or in your local area and get a buzz going on the Internet um, and, and sell units or whatever it is to create your buzz, then you could come in to the major label with some leverage and you just get the best possible deal. You're never going to get a great deal. You're just going to get the best possible deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. you make a lot of money. So, and then the yeah, major label is bringing that system. Like, you know. Yeah, they have, they already had that, that thing set in stone. And right. it's just something that happens quickly because a lot of the um, people that support that will go to a major label before they come to an independent, you know, like the right. people and say, hey, I want you to do this. And be like, who are you? Right. But if I'm like right. representing Sony or somebody, then it's oh, okay, come on in, you know. Exactly, and just the way the business is too, it's like, um, you know, and right now people have to be realistic. Like, there's not a whole lot of albums being sold for the average artist right now. You know what I mean? It's uh, right. it's a single-driven business, and you know, people get mad about it, and you know, well, I ain't doing that, and this and that, and it's like, okay, well, just really evaluate why you're doing this. You know what I mean? Like. I'm I'm here to make great music, but I'm also here to make money. You know what I mean? So, um, right. you know, I, I was just watching George Clinton's Unsung, man, and, it, like, it really made me mad. Like, I got physically mad watching this dude's Unsung uh, piece because this dude wrote some of the biggest records of all time. And he's been sampled, I heard them say on there, he's been sampled over 1,100 times. And he sold mm. away his publishing. You know what I'm saying? He sold away all of it. Mm. He didn't keep any of it. Um and, you know, mm-hmm. he thought he was selling it for a small amount of time, and it was a, like, it was a never-ending deal or whatever. And uh, it was like in perpetuity, they just owned the publishing. So this dude would be looking at like 150, you know, at least over $100 million if he had had his publishing. Or, you know, if he had had half of it, he'd be looking at at least, you know, $50 million. So it's just like, right. 
you know, and this dude is 70 years old trying to tour just to eat, you know, and this is like, it's horrible. I know, that's so, terrible. You know? And you know, it's, it's happening horrible. to a lot of artists like that from yeah. that era. And yeah. I think the problem was they didn't know how to read contracts and they didn't right. have, you know, a budget that gives them a good lawyer that was trustworthy right. that can go over those contracts for them if they didn't know what they were looking at. And they just were probably hungry at the time to say whatever. It's like a lot of people right. just say, okay, they found on the dotted line, they don't read nothing. And then right. next thing you know, they just signed their life away. Exactly. And then, like, you know, like another point of view I have with the contract thing is, like, people always say, you know, they got me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They got me. They got me on my contract. But it's like, how can anybody ever get anybody on the contract? Like it's right there on the paper. You know what I mean? Like everything right. that they read. say is right there on the paper. Like read the read the paper, dog. You know what I mean? So right. you know right. they they and and I feel like sometimes you may need to you know take a deal if you're in a situation. If you're let's say you're a group from Atlanta and you you know you 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 don't have a whole bunch of money and this guy comes who's an executive and he hears you sing and he offers you this deal and it's like you know you take the deal because you have to kind of you know what I'm saying in your life predicament right. so it's just like don't get mad two albums in that you took the deal then when you was nobody and he took a chance on you even though he kind of made it in his favor you know what I'm saying and and really in business law you know in business business rationale is like. He took. He should. He, he took the risk. You know what I'm saying? Whether he put a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand of his money into you, he took the risk, so he should get the most of the money. So it's like, but what right. you can do is, you know, do your two albums, do your album or whatever, show your worth, and then you can renegotiate. You know what I'm saying? You can sit down at the table right. like some men, and then renegotiate the contract. So you know, you got to do what you got to do. I know, that's basically what it is. I mean, if you don't have the capital to do it yourself, then you might as well kind of suck it up, do that, just make sure you're not in it for, like, forever. Forever, exactly. And give yourself an open door so you can go renegotiate later. You know, some people just say, it's 10 albums. 10? How do you guarantee that they all going to work? You don't even know if the first one's going to work. You know, what happens if it doesn't? What happens after that? By album three, nobody even wants you anymore. What you going to do then? And people just need to start setting up plans, you know, and and strategies and and talk to people who are involved in the business that know the ins and outs, you know, and then while you're you're trying to learn it, you need to talk to somebody who knows it if you can find somebody you can trust. (laughs) Exactly. Right. You know, and and I I know it's hard to trust anybody in the business, but, you know, and there's, there's books out there you can read to learn for yourself too. If you like, I just feel like if you really want to do this, you know what I'm saying? If you really, if you really, if you you 10 years old and you know you want to play pro ball in the NBA and you're serious about it, you know what I mean? Then then what do you do? You you practice. You you go to basketball camps. You you do everything you can do to get prepared for that opportunity. You know what I mean? So it's like I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, especially my people, it's like. What I've seen is everybody wants to be on TV tomorrow. Like they think right. of it like they're like, you know, oh, I can sing. Oh, I want to work with you. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like they have the attitude of they think they're supposed to be on BET or MTV tomorrow. And this is like, let's, let's be realistic about this thing here. You know what I mean? Like like right. prepare. If you want to do this as a, as, as a living and you're serious about it, then prepare. Learn what you can learn. You know, don't try to do everything, but at least learn the basis of, of, of the major parts of what you're going to do so you can protect yourself. That's all. 
I know because I know a lot of people that think they are the bomb, you know, the best thing yeah. happening, and that they are the answer to the problem of music today, and they yeah. don't have any kind of budget money to to get the word out about themselves. Right. You know, they think right. they're going to instantly be heard just because they don't, um, you know, like one of those music sites, and right. it don't work like that. <laughs> you you right. just got to put yourself everywhere. Like, it, it take, if you want to use the Internet to, to build your career and your fan base and all that and just to have your stuff everywhere, you got to know what is on the Internet. You can't just yeah. get on just a couple of sites. There's a lot of stuff out there, and you have to know how to monetize it, too. You know, like using right. those certain You can't do like your whole business tech. plan can't be, you know, uh, pay for a video to go on Worldstar. You know what I'm saying? Like, that can't be right. your entire marketing plan, <laughs> I love World Star. Shout out to World Star. But I'm just saying, like, that can't be your entire. Shout out, we gonna get this. We gonna get this video shot. Shout out, and then we going to World Star with this thing. Shout. That's it. You know. And 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 you can't assume that if you go stand in line in, in American Idol and you get in there and act the fool and you know damn well you can't sing a note. Man, and, they, uh, and they just focus on. They're really just making a fool out of you. And you can right. get famous, but don't make you famous forever. Right, You're and now I gotta admit, like, like when I did watch American Idol, like I watched a few seasons of it, like that was by far my favorite part of the entire season. Just the first right. few days when they were showing everybody <laughs> completely cut the fools, you know. So, and that was funny, but yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and this is like, you know, I don't know. It's like it's kind of. Um, that that kind of thing is kind of becoming a blueprint for like becoming famous. You know what I'm saying? Like, and right. like that's how people really get on. Like, even though what's the cat stats chick is like, how could this chick get this much publicity? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's right. greatest working right. for, her, but like, really y'all like y'all really are gonna get and behind just, this that much? Like, wow. She about so. to bypass Monica Lewinsky. You know, about to bypass <laughs> right. It's like, but then it's like, you know, she's taking this and she's gonna really make a career off of this. So I kind of, I gotta salute that shit. Like, if she's right. gonna jump at this opportunity and people are gonna like, like the dude, uh, hide your kids, hide your wives. Like, this dude just performed on the BET Awards. Do y'all understand what's happening? And he wasn't even singing. He wasn't. Somebody else did that. He didn't even do that. He was just talking and they just use their little auto tune thing. Yeah, man, it was funny. It was dope. It was dope. I mean, but and what was funny was, on the other hand, when I first heard that that record that they made, it was like, okay, this is entertaining me more than most R and B records out here. You know, not that I should be funny entertainment, but like, I was like, when I first heard that, like I heard it in a room full of people, and like we was watching it, uh-huh. we was laughing and everything, and then like after it went off, like everybody kind of got quiet, and then everybody kind of looked at each other like that was kind of dope, though, right? You know what I mean? So. The music was kind of dope, so I can't even be mad at him. I know. I mean, they doing this, but now you can be Like, I, uh, I did this record with this kid overseas named Billy the Kid. It's on iTunes. And <laughs> it's one of those comedy records. I don't know if you remember, uh, it was like a white group called, how was the name of that group? I can't think of the name of them right now. But um, they had this song called Jizz in My Pants. That was like a joke record. They're, they're on Saturday Night Live. Like a couple of the guys are at, uh, at comedy dudes on Saturday Night Live. So they did this video, Jizz in My Pants. They had Justin Timberlake in the video. And like it just blew oh, up on it. YouTube. You know what I'm saying? It just blew up. Really, I think it's The Lonely Island or something like that. But it blew up on YouTube, right? So uh, I'm a partner at the studio called Soapbox. And, and my partner, Darren Prendo, he... 
he had a friend overseas who wanted to do this crazy record, like a comedy record. He was like, you know, you do this for me, you know what I'm saying? Or you do this record for me. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it for you. You know, you're my boy. So we did the record, and the dude, Billy, was super cool. We came over here from the U.K., but we did this record called Your Mom's a Cunt, right? So it's a comedy oh. record. We did a video and everything. We did. I'm going to put the video back up, like, getting close to Atari Mania time. Like, but the video is hilarious, and we did the video. So anyway, like, it's a comedy record, but people have, like, no sense of humor. They have no nothing. Like, I had a deal with Sprite that I got. Uh, they were the same campaign that Drake is on. Um, it's called the Spark campaign. They hosted, they are sponsored the BET Awards this year. But like uh, Drake is the one, you know, he's got the commercial. He's in the studio and I think his raps and he drinks Sprite and then he gets the two stars rapping or whatever. So he was the uh, spokesperson for that campaign. And what they did was, since they had him and he was the the next big thing, um, they went around the world and they picked eight artists who they consider to be the next big thing for 2011. And I was one of the artists that got picked. And Jay Black, who's the dude I was telling you about the records for the same label I do, he got picked too. So it was like we, two out of the eight was at the same label, and it was crazy. So anyway, when they heard about <laughs> Your Mom's a Cunt, you know, and they heard that record, and then they saw uh, my cover for Songs in the Kia Auto-Tune, which is me and this chick sitting there. I'm sitting there, and the chick is standing there, and she's naked, and, like, her 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 breast is in my ear. You know what I mean? And it was just some funny <laughs> shit, like, you know, and, and it just so happened that this this girl, she has a treble cliff, you know, tattooed on her breast. So it was just, like, really weird and just kind of funny. So we did that as the cover for the Songs in the Kia Auto-Tune. So Sprite didn't like that, and they didn't like the Your Mother Cut Zone. So I got uh, pushed off the Sprite campaign, but Jay Black is still there, and uh, his video, I think, will be on Sprite.com. Uh, it's either starting November or December, I think. So wow. Look out for that. Yeah, was, that a big loss? Huh? was that a big loss? I mean, was that a big loss? To me? I mean, was like, that? Yeah. I was pissed for a second, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was pissed because I was like, really, y'all? You know what I'm saying? And then the, the funny thing was, like, the deal came through this other company. And uh, the other company, like, I asked in the meeting because they were like, you know, Sprite is kind of really tight about, you know, different stuff like that. Their legal is real tight. And they're just really, you know, tight about stuff. And, um so I asked, I said, I got a picture of a chick's boob on my album cover. It's in my ear. You know, you can't see nothing, but you know what I'm saying? It's my album cover. And he was like, oh, no, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. That'll be, he's like, you got to do something really crazy. And I was like, I also did a song called Your Mom's a Cunt with this dude from the U.K., and they was like, oh, man, no, don't worry about that, dude. Don't worry about that. I was like, you got to do something really, really crazy. You know, you got to have, like, a record or something. You had to, like, go to jail or something. And I was like, okay, you know, it's cool. <laughs> so then, you know, the dude calls me, and he goes, and the dude who 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 uh, was with this middleman company, he really loves my project, and he loves Better Alone. And he called me, and he's like, Man, why did you do it? <laughs> why did you do the song? Why did you, you know what I'm saying? And uh, why did you put it on your website or whatever it was? And uh, I was like, what? He was like, man, they're not going to be able to use you for the campaign. He like, I think he was more hurt than I was, you know. So uh, hopefully I'll do something with Sprite later on. But, uh, yeah, that, that that was funny, though. Yeah, give him a, give him a minute to I'll forget about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think once one of these records go number one, I think – It'll be a little easier. Yeah, they'll put it behind them. Yeah, they'll put it behind them you know, real quick. We'll see. Oh, my God. But then they're going to have to pay. <laughs> right. That's right. No, they got a little bit no, yeah. this time. 
in there, they got to pay big dollars down. That's yeah. They won't really yeah. feel bad about it. Yeah, man. So, but it's an awesome campaign. It's an awesome campaign, and I'm really happy for everybody who's on it, and happy for Sprite for it, for for even coming with that idea. And uh, Kenny Burns has something to do with it too. He's a really dope brand marketing dude and uh, lifestylist. I think he calls himself or something like that. But he's really dope. So I do. He has something to do with it. Um, and so Jay Black is still on it, and uh, look out for him. His, he's got a video called Stars in My Garage. And they're going to run that on their site. And it's him and a lot of other dope artists, uh, seven other dope artists on there. So check that campaign out. It's dope. Well, that's how I'm looking here. And you are like the CEO of just about everything out there. <laughs> Not really. So, so, I mean, I mean, it just shows that you have a, a really great business sense, you know, because a lot of people, they could just say CEO, but if you're involved some kind of way. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. like you did, you did mention Soapbox Studios. Right. Yeah, Soapbox Studios. Are you recording okay, SoapboxStudios.com? <laughs> yeah, and we got Tier 2 Films. Do you, you have a reality show coming? Yeah, we got a, a reality show that's that's uh, it's in progress. There's a couple of shows that are that are looking like they're going to be green lit. So I'm going to wait until I get the green light totally to talk about it. But, yeah, with Tier 2 Films, look out for Tier 2 Films. Uh, Tier2Films.com is the number two. You can check that out. There's nothing up there yet. I think the website goes live next week. But um, a lot of things going on with Tier 2. And, uh, yeah, Black Tree Music is the indie label that um, that I record for. And, and I'm the CEO of the label. It's myself. And Jay Black is an artist on there. And Tony Arrow is an artist on there. Um, Sam Freeze is an artist on there too. Uh, but everybody's got records coming in 2011. And then Soapbox, I'm a partner. Um, they made me president of the music division over there. It's, it's one of the dopest studios in Atlanta. Jesus uh, has been there like a year and a half doing his album for, I think, I know he's been there over a year. So he's doing his album there. And, um, I mean, everybody's recording there 50, Plies, A. Marie, uh, a lot of, a lot of different people. So, uh, Soapbox is dope if you need studios in Atlanta, soapboxstudios.com. And um, let's see, what else is on there? Oh, Wrestling Observer, did you? Did we talk about We didn't talk about that, did we? No, we didn't talk about that Okay. Tell Wrestling Observer. <laughs> Wrestling Observer, like everybody who knows me. And I got a, I have a podcast on Blog Talk that I've been doing for like uh, almost three years. It's called K4D. So uh, check out blogtalkradio.com slash K4D, the number four. And uh, we haven't done a show in like two months because my, my partners that I do the show with, one of them is like a, a casting uh, agent, uh, executive or whatever mm-hmm. for, for our History Channel and MTV. He does a lot of reality shows or whatever. And then my other partner is a writer with Universal. So um, And then I do what I do. So it's just been super hectic for us over the summer. So we're coming back with some shows in the next couple of weeks. But um, – so on my show, you know, we talk about everything, music, movies, and, and it started out as a wrestling show. Anybody who listens to that show knows I, I'm a fan of wrestling. I always have been or whatever. So me I watch too. wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I watch oh, wrestling. I got to watch something, I, too. I got to oh, watch yeah, something. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a part of this uh, F4W online or WrestlingObserver.com. It's my partners, um, Brian Alvarez and Dave Meltzer. They're like the two biggest uh, journalists for MMA, you know, which is the UFC fighting or whatever, uh, MMA and professional wrestling. They're like the biggest journalists in the world. These dudes are, are like top of the line on what they do. And so we got together and we formed this company where we do 
documentaries and interviews with uh, famous wrestlers and, and stars of M- MMA or whatever. And uh, we just released our first one a couple of months ago on Abdul Little Butcher, who's like a, a big wrestling legend. And uh, yeah. we got a few more DVDs dropping um, before Christmas. So it's about to be pretty dope. Oh, but we do that. Yeah, we do that. So. You know, that's a whole other side of me. That's, well, let me know that. if y'all ever want to do something with The Rock, because Rock's going to be on my show sometime next month to promote the movie faster. And, um, really? So I, I have really? Yeah, I have his publicist information. But I'm yeah, Dave is, uh, Dave is good uh, friends with The Rock, the the guy that, because, um, like, Dave is, like, Dave, like Dana White, the president of UFC, flies Dave out to, you know, he gets the press stuff and he gets to fly out to the shows and, um, in Vegas or whatever, wherever they are. And, uh, you know, he's huge in the wrestling world, probably the top guy ever in, like, wrestling journalism. So he knows The Rock personally. But, yeah, uh, I hit him from both angles. Well, he should interview feet, him. You know, he should interview yeah. him because, yeah, that would be a hot interview because the, I'm going to – I'm not going to do too much talking about the wrestling part because I know I'm, right. I'm just happy he ain't, you know, wearing no tutus anymore. <laughs> I'm just happy about that because I've been his cool. fan since 2000 and – and I'm a friend of his cousin, who's um, Tana Wairi, who plays his his stunt man all the time. But he's okay. also an actor. And, okay. uh, and um, so I'm going to have them both on the show. Not okay. together because they're always doing different things. But, you know, right. just check it out when we have it. But um, I'm, I was just surprised that I saw that. And I was like, is anybody else still looking at wrestling, you know? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the funny thing about the wrestling thing. It's like, you know, I'm from Atlanta, and it's a huge wrestling city. You know what I'm saying? Dusty Rose, Rick Flair, and all that. But, like, like mm-hmm. people always look down on wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't believe you watch that fake stuff, man, blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I ain't the, I ain't the only one. It's like 15 million people watch nope. that every week. So somebody, somebody lying. Somebody lying. And it's, and it's not all fake. It's choreographed. But, I mean, people do get hurt. People do right. turn around and do something different because they don't like that person. They, they, it's like, what you going to do, make them stop doing this right. the choreographed right. stuff? You know, right. they're going right. to beat the right. mess out of somebody because they was mad anyway. You know, exactly. so, I mean, I know how how it goes, but that's that's interesting. We got to watch something together. That would be so fun because I don't have yeah, none of yeah, my friends I'm, watch wrestling. Nobody. I'm, I'm going to definitely take you up on that and get I'm going to get them to come on K4D. And talk about his movie or whatever and everything. Yeah, you should because yeah. uh, it's that's going to be a hot movie and uh, I've watched the. Yeah, I think the previews they look pretty good. Yeah, I like the previews a lot. Uh, about time. So now, yeah. did you have an interest in doing any like any major films? You know, like um, producing the music scores for any um, films or anything like that, or just being in it? Yeah, I actually, um, I actually do. I um, another phase of, of what I do. Um, is I did like CNN, like one of their biggest commercials of of this year, um, and I produced it, you know, and produced the music and all of that stuff. And uh, they they run it on like forty, fifty networks. Uh, it's called Wishful Thinking. If you go on YouTube and look up CNN Wishful Thinking, uh, you can see the video. Mm-hmm. But I did all the music for that and I produced that video with them. And so um, definitely doing some TV stuff. I've done uh, a couple of other major corporations. I did some stuff with Georgia Lottery this year. Um, just doing, you know, I'm getting it everywhere I can get it. So, uh, but on the movie <laughs> side, I definitely want, <laughs> I definitely want to do uh, movies and. Uh, one of that's why I'm uh, I'm shooting videos like I said for three or four records before Atari Mania drops and one of them is a record called Saturday Night and I'm shooting uh, a short movie for it so uh, and I've been in a movie I've been like in an independent movie if you look up this movie called oh god if you look up this movie called Black and Blue 
um, that I shot back in the day. I had, like, the main role in it. Like, you know, they play it on Showtime all the time. And it's funny because I get recognized from that more so than the music sometimes. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the trip. So, but if you look up it's Black and familiar. Blue. Yeah, yeah, Black and Blue is an indie movie. I played a character called Big Bucks. Um, it's on IMDb and all that stuff. Uh, but look it up. I'm sure they have it for sale online or whatever. Uh, if I had it, I'd just put it on my site for download. But um, I, I may do that, just buy a DVD of it and put it up on my site for download or whatever. But uh, it's a cool it's a cool little indie movie if you just want to, you know what I'm saying, chill for an hour and a half and watch the movie. It's pretty dope. A lot of people say they like it, but I played in that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get my acting chops up a little bit in this Saturday night mini-movie and um, do that. And hopefully, yeah, I, I can do that, you know, in the future, sure. I'd love to. Because acting is fun, though. You know, a couple of little experiences I had with it was really fun. I know. I did a little bit of stuff. I was an extra in a couple of movies. And it was the stuff we did was boring. But what was exciting to me was just being around the cameras, you know, watching right. them do their thing. That's, right. that's right. the interesting part. The acting part is just boring. Right. <laughs> the acting part was <laughs> boring. But, yeah, like, the, the whole camera deal is dope, person, too. Just, just watching know. them make the magic is dope, too. You know, that whole. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you watch the whole thing at the end. Oh, yeah, that's hot. That's a hot part. Yeah. You know, but that's a big thing. Now, listen, um, one of the uh, the uh, affiliates that I'm working with actually has a um, a pilot that they're doing with um, PBS on um in Chicago, um, okay. and it's in regards to the music industry. It's somewhat like a reality show, but I guess they're going to do it similar like a, a VH1 um, um, unplugged or something type of thing. But they're really trying to bring out independent artists and show okay. that they, you know, they have standing power right next to major artists that, right. you know, and then they, they may not have a major label, but there are resources to help them get what they need from, you know, other companies that are similar okay. to what they would get from a major label. So you might be interested in working with them on that, maybe doing some production with them or either them having you featured to um, to talk about your career and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I'm open. So I'm open. As long as it makes it make sense in the schedule and makes sense to everybody, I'm open. Do yeah, it. I'm, I'm going to have you um, – um, connect with the guy that I work with, and um, okay. and there's another project too that um, my program director is doing. She's doing a, um, uh, like a documentary on uh, old school artists. So you know, if you got any any input for that, that'll be very much appreciated. Because okay. you you just got a lot of knowledge about it, and you're you're not quite totally old school, but like you right. have an old school business sense and, and right. career value sense. So that's something that's very valuable to people who are interested in things like that. And then, right. of course, we also have a our, our Trilogy Entertainment Conference coming up in March. I would certainly love to have you come and speak to the young people that are interested in getting to their business about, you know, things that um, they would experience and the best things for them to do if they're going to do stuff on their own. Because you, you will probably be one of the, the best speakers that we can have there to, to give them. Since you're doing so many different things, right, you know, right, right. you would be great in, in speaking with them. So I'd love to invite you to participate in that, too, for March. Okay. I'm there. I'm there. Let me know. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I will be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let me put on another song because I, I want to hear this one. Uh, well, I heard it, but I want the people to hear it. This one with Brandy because Brandy's one of my favorite um, singers. Like, ever since she yeah, came out too. with Have You Ever, I've been singing that song, Have You Ever, for like forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love her. 
I, I ain't a big fan of her little brother. I'm not really a big fan of Ray J, but <laughs> I, don't like Ray J. I, I don't know why. I'm winning his for my third. He's like a little Ray J, I just don't know. Ray J on that show is awesome to me. Like, I look at that show and I'm just like, yes. Because <laughs> Ray J does all the stuff that I want to see him do on that show. He just acts a plum fool on that show. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But, well, no, Brandy, I've been a favorite Brandy. of Like, she's been a favorite of mine for, shoot, I like Brandy since her first records or whatever. She's just so sweet and, like, talented. And I just want to see she her do dope. more. But I she want to see her in more. She she doesn't. She doesn't. That's why, you know, I, I wish she'd just come up with a movie or something, like, you know, and just get out. We'll do some Broadway stuff because she, she's certainly qualified. Yeah, a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think, like, she's vocally one of the top, you know, two or three uh, chicks in music, like, right now. Maybe, like, maybe right. since Fantasia's come, like, you know, maybe, you know, three or four, but, like, recording artist-wise, like, I'm not just talking about somebody just getting on the stage and blowing, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about, like, recording right. and that whole sonic thing that happens when you make a record, like, for that, like, her backgrounds and just the melodies that she's, the harmony she uses, like, Brandy's dope. People don't give Brandy credit yeah. for, for what she is, so. No, I, I just love Brandy's death, so. Now, did you you work directly with her, or did you guys just do some type of studio thing? Cause, it was know, a studio I thing. To... I know, yeah, you know how it happens sometimes. It'd be a studio thing, just yeah. the record over here or whatever, so it was like that. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we'll be able to get in the studio soon and, like, do some work. I love to have her on my album that I'm working on, not the Tarimania. So, um, yeah, it would be dope. That'll be hot. Well, let me go and put that track on, and we'll be right back with Rick and Tari. Yeah. Yo, B, the lady said I got a fly mouth. Got a lot to say, man. And this, I swear, you drop down on the play out of this. Yeah, yeah. And it sounds so sweet. Me and you together, we'll be thrown like a heartbeat. Heartbeat. And you look so good. Get you all alone. That I would get in the zone on the Kelly Green Cush, you would make it in push. Yeah. 
and everybody from there did it until everybody else who wasn't from New York hated the way that sounded. You know what I'm saying? Like, they absolutely hated right. it. So it's like it was hard for New York cats, and I think that's what Atlanta has been doing. I think Atlanta has started to stick to this one sound, you know, especially the past two two years. It's like a one kind of sound that's really been dominating, like, the street rap records, and it's like it's cool, but it's like it's kind of boxing us into – a corner, you know what I mean? And then in a second, mm-hmm. I can see everybody flipping on us, you know. So um, that's why I love the Andre 3000s and, uh, you know, even the B.O.B.s or just anybody who's trying to be different of the young underground cats um, who, are, who are doing it now. Like all of all of the guys who, like, we're all underground. I'm underground, too. You know what I mean? I ain't signed a major deal mm-hmm. yet. It's, it's there. But, you know what I'm saying? It ain't fine yet, you know. So it's like I'm, I'm still underground and I'm pushing and, the blogs make stuff happen, and that's why, like, shows like yours are so important and and the bloggers are so important. And it's important for the bloggers to not misuse that power. Like, I'm starting to see a little bit of that. Like, it seems like some of the bloggers are, like, kind of getting on a little bit of a power trip, just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. like, let's mm-hmm. all just remember why this is blowing up. You know what I'm saying? It's blowing up because everybody giving everybody a chance. Like, I don't want Rick Atari to be the only thing people listen to. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Atlanta right. is, is one sound. You know, I love Travis Porter, and I love what they're doing, and I see why it's working. Like, you know what I mean? But then there's got to be something else on the other side of the table, too, or we're going to be kind of stuck. You know, not just saying that Travis Porter is the sound, but I'm just using them as an example because they're one of the biggest acts here. So, um, you know, we just got to be smart and we got to we gotta think about the long run, you know, and everybody's kind of thinking about themselves right now. So, But it's, it's still good. It's a good environment in Atlanta. Um, a lot of good things, a lot of good shows happen. Grip Plies is another big underground rapper who's a homeboy of mine. So, like, you know, it, the underground is coming up and then I'm kind of a mixture. Like, I'm half that and then I'm half, like, the dude performing in front of 75,000 people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm both of them. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard for me to kind of, you know, go because I have, like, even on Atari Mania, I've been doing leaks, you know, and I, I leaked a record called uh, Hard, which is which is me and G-Main and Bentley, who two are, like, the biggest underground rappers coming from Alabama, and really the biggest underground rappers in the South. Like, those are my homeboys, and they they really doing their thing. And, uh uh, out of Huntsville and and and, uh, and Flowtown, Florence, and Alabama, so they're doing their thing, and like they're on the record with me and Sam Freeze, who's a who's an underground rapper from Arkansas, on the record with me, and it's a record that was done by the Black Keys, which is this rock band. And it's like, it's really like on some really underground sound of stuff, but it's dope and people are loving that. So then, you know, I put that record out there and it's a group of people who go crazy for that record. And then I put my girl or better alone out there. And it's a whole nother group of people who go crazy for that music. So it's like, for me, it's mm-hmm. kind of weird. It's like, I'm having to just throw stuff out there. You know what I mean? And just prepare everybody for what's about to happen. So that's all. Now, when it comes to um, new artists, you know, up-and-coming artists that are either just just moving up or, you know, becoming um, very acknowledged, are you willing to be, you know, able to work with them, even though you're still doing your thing for your own project? Are you still able to work with them, too? Yeah, I'm still able to work. Like I'm, I'm open to everything. Like I think Troy Man is, um, Troy Man is a rapper who's from the Bay, but he's basically from Atlanta. I call him anyway. He's like, he's like my nephew. You know what I'm saying? But he's, he's, mm-hmm. uh, I think Troy Man is like 17, 18, something like that. But he's dope. He's got like the most charisma of of any young dude spitting. Period. You know what I mean? So like oh, he, he deserves, yes, a, he, he deserves, you know, he deserves a major deal. So uh, that's my little homie. But I did his record, anything. Um, that's his single, and they just now starting to push that at radio. So 
I did his record, and then I worked with different people. I worked with Sean Fallion. Uh, last time I talked to Sean about it, I have his first single from his official album that's about to come out, and it's a different sound, mm-hmm. you know, from what people hear from him, and it's dope. And then I'm working with Playboy Trey. I'm trying to do records for him. Jackie Chain, he's a, a, a rapper. He's an underground rapper from Huntsville, but he got a deal with Universal. Uh, working with him, he's really dope. Uh, Attitude, who's a rapper from Alabama, who has a deal from Warner Brothers, um, and he's dope too. Um, and he actually wrote the record Promiscuous Girl. Uh, Nelly Furtado is like a number one. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, he I wrote that, that record. <laughs> he writes with Timberland too. And I love to hear me personally. You know, I love to hear Attitude on some stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think I think yeah. that will pop him off in a big way. So. Uh, we just saw each other like a couple of weeks ago, and that's what I wanted to say to him next time we get together. Just, you know, I want to hear him on, on a big, big record because he's got that personality to match it. So uh, he's dope. And I wish Young Dro was a bigger artist nationally than he was because cause, than he is because Dro is a huge personality, and he's a he's a dope dude, and he's a star. Like, he's it's just some people, mm-hmm. when you're around them, you just know. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, right. this girl right here is a star. This dude right here is a star, and they're, they're supposed to be doing this, you know. And, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people are doing it because rap is the new basketball, and, and it's just they're doing it trying to get rich and trying to get rich quick, and it's like, I think a lot of people, number one, who are doing this shouldn't be doing it. So, But back to your question, the oh, scene I'm- in Atlanta is dope, you know, and if you come down, it's a lot to do. And somebody who hustles like you do and has got several things mm-hmm. they can do at one time, like I think you'll find a, a lot of, you know, connection and networking. I'm, you know, I'm definitely willing to network with you and, and help you with whatever you're doing. So um, it's a good scene here. And Panola, Panola, I think you said it was the road you was on. That's not actually not too yeah. far from where from where I live. Um, I live even further back, like where uh, Latonia and Snellville and Stone Mountain and all that meet. Um, I live back yeah. there, but like, um, it's it's a it's a dope area. It's a quiet area. I'm from Decatur, so I love quiet. Like, I love quiet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm from Decatur, and it was like it was it was hood, but it was still kind of quiet. Like everything in the suburb. I can't really even say suburb, but in the that's little city surrounding Atlanta, it's like, you know, it's it's kind of got a quiet element and then a, another element. But right now, like Panola, you know, especially if you in a certain part of it, like the whole Stone Mountain, I thought it's kind of cool um, if you want to, you know, stay somewhere. Yeah, I was checking that you out. You got the little parts that's just like, you know, you may not want to, you know yeah. what I'm saying? You know, like you may that. not want to be there yeah. if you don't have to, but. Um, oh, yeah, I know some parts I yeah. don't want to be in. I, so I had to Google all that. I Google, like, bad neighborhoods in the van, you know. Right. <laughs> and I had a lot of people saying, well, you wouldn't want to be out there at night. You know, right. I'm like, well, that's any space. Well, don't wear at night by myself. You know, right. and right. I, I I just thought it was a nice area. And then that, you know, there was so much buzz going on. I, I had already nicknamed it uh, Tyler Perryville because <laughs> he came down yeah. there with his thing. And it's like everybody yeah. wants to be an actor in the Tyler Perry movie now, you know. Right, right. And like, uh, it seems like everybody he got is from Atlanta. Like Monique is oh, in that's Atlanta. That's the funny you thing. Know? Like, like that's the funny. Yeah, Monique's here in Atlanta, and it's and it's dope. It's uh, it's a new. I think it's Screen Gems is the company. Uh, one of the big, big Hollywood film companies has just uh, purchased mm-hmm. a big spot down here, and they're doing like a whole Hollywood studio type studio. You know what I'm saying? Like they're putting a the real deal that's down cool. here. So. Is really, you know, turning into, um, you know, the Hollywood of the South. So, but that, that's what I be telling people: like, don't, don't want to come and get in Tyler Perry's movie. Like, come and do the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Z E N B A U M. I think I think that's it. So it's MartinCurzonBomb dot com. If you go check that out, you'll see. When you go to MartinCurzonBomb dot com, it's Rick Atari. It's a Rick Atari video, <laughs> um, quick little movie, and then it goes to the page. I wrote a little something, and then I put the music up there, and that's how I got to this dude. You know what I'm saying? So people have to be creative. Uh-huh. And they have to, and then you gotta have music to back it up. It don't matter if you get to them, and then your music ain't really hit. You know what I mean? So, like I, I did know. that, you know, got his attention, and, and we are where we are in this process that we're going through right now. So it's like, you know, be smart. Like take this, take it serious. You know what I mean? And, and do what you're gonna do. So that's just my advice. Yeah. To, uh, and one, and one more bit of advice: don't stalk nobody. <laughs> right. Please don't stalk nobody, dog. That's the worst way. People, you know, I feel like I've sold a lot of records. I've sold over 15 million records in the game, you know what I'm saying? But I have little stalkers, and it's like I can only imagine what, you know, people who people, because people don't even know me. Like, they don't even, like, some people know me if they're in the business and they know credits and they know this and that, then they know me. But it's a lot of people who wouldn't know me if they just heard my name, you know, if they heard The Cancer, if they heard Rick Atari, if they heard Said More, you know what I mean? They wouldn't know who that was. So it's like, um, but I still have my little stalker, so I'm just imagining somebody like, you know, Timbaland. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I am. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what kind of stalkers does Gaga deal with? You know what I mean? Like, you know. So. I know she got some And stalker. even a Martin Kersenbaum. Like, what kind of stalkers does he do? His stalker is Rick Tars, You know what I'm saying? So, but his name but, uh, but, right, right, but it, but it worked. You know what I'm saying? So, but don't, like, uh-huh. really, for real though, don't, like, don't stalk nobody. You know what I'm saying? If you got a clever idea, do that. But don't you know? Know when where the line is. Know where the line is. So. <laughs> Looks like we have a caller who wants to say something to you. I'm gonna bring them in. Uh, okay. Caller, you're in area code four zero four. State your name, Hello. please. Hello. 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 Who's this? This time. Hi, Tanya. <laughs> How you guys doing? We have our own conversation. <laughs> I see. I'm like, hey. Can we talk about We talking about Lady Gaga and meat dresses. <laughs> and what? <laughs> I want to call and say, what's up? Oh, meat dresses. Um, I want to just thank you, you know, because, you know, you did a track for Troy, Troy Man, and it was awesome. And everybody, I mean, it's been getting such good um, feedback from, like, the DJs and the radio stations that we've been submitting it submitting it to. And um, so I think it's going to be uh, real big. I think it is, too. I thought, you know, when we first did it, I thought that was a hit record. So I definitely, um, you know, it was, it was a pleasure to work with Troy. And Troy's funny. He's hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's a character. We yeah. know that. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we definitely got to get back um, in the lab again. And, and put out some more, some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Troy did some work at Box yeah. too, and uh, we recorded somewhere else too. I forgot. I think it's somebody else's spot. So, but yeah, the the Troy Man Anything record is dope. And Tanya, this is Tanya's yeah. a dope person. Tanya's a friend of mine from a long time. So this is this yeah, is we've, a really been, good we've been hanging in there for a long time. Yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> I mean, he's been. I mean, he has really, really just perfected his craft so well. You know what I mean? I a lot of people, like like he was saying earlier, a lot of people getting into it now because it's the thing to do or it's the new basketball, you know, so to speak. But he has yeah. actually been in it for 
going on almost like 15 or so years, plus years, I'm sure. Yeah, I've been there. Little little boy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like really young, and and he's he's learned and grown a lot with it, and um, that's why he's doing what he do. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. So, y'all go ahead and continue y'all interview and let some other folks get in and talk. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for calling in. Tell Troy I'm Yeah, thank you for calling in. Okay, I will. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Tanya. Right. Bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I've been yeah, talking to you. good Tanya people, too. man. I know well, Tanya yeah. since I was a little, 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 man. She's good people. Really? They got a good family, so. <laughs> Yeah, and so you and you worked with Troy Man too, and you and you like him because he's he's just really great. I love his videos and his, yeah. um, his, what he did in his movie, and I mean like he's just an amazing young guy, and he yeah, still he's got a lot more to go. Man. Yeah, he does. He just yeah. and I think I think that's you know one of the things that's missing. You know, like I said earlier in the conversation, was just the personalities. I think you know that's a part of of being a person. Why why am I gonna look at you on this you know on this screen if 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 there's nothing to look at, you know what I mean. If, it's, right, if, right. if I could be watching football, I could be watching wrestling, I could be, you know, what I'm saying? I could be watching whatever else you want to watch, whatever sitcom. So if I'm gonna look at you, you know, let me be looking at something. That's so. right. Now, you are more than likely one person to be picked as some type of role model for um, young cats getting into the business. Now, if you were talking to a group of them, what kind of advice would you like to give them? You know, because I know there's going to be a lot of young guys listening to the show and they're going to download the show. But what kind okay. of advice would you give, like, young young guys, let's say Troy's age range, um, that are trying to get in the business and they, they're not in it yet, but they're, this is like an idea that they have, but it's more than just the, the next big thing to them. Right. What kind of advice you want to give them? I mean, if you're really serious about it, and it's different advice for different people. Like, if you're really serious about it, you know, and, and overall, perfect your craft and like really get into it. You know what I mean? Like, understand understand the records that came before us, because like, how you gonna move really forward? And you know, you you can have whatever God gives you on on your creativity thing, but like, I think you should kind of study. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I did. I studied. A lot of older records from the 80s and 70s and 50s and 40s, you know what I'm saying? As much as I could go back and tolerate it, like, I studied, and, and um, <laughs> it just gave me a, a knowledge base for what I'm doing, you know, and, and just be open. Be open to listen to, to different stuff. Don't, you know what I'm saying, don't stick to if you're in Atlanta just listening to the two black stations that's here. Like, don't do that, you know, whatever city you're in. Don't do it. Like, just check out some other stuff. You'd be surprised, like, some of the stuff that's that's out there is dope music. So I would say, you know, get to know what you're doing. And, and also on the business side, get to know what you're doing. You know, you don't have to read every book out there, but at least, you know, if you're a producer, you should at least, you know, grab a couple, couple of the most popular books or just go online and Google different things, like, you know, how you get paid and, and what your royalty should be. And, and you know, just your percentage of the record. Like, you'd be surprised how many people do a record and don't even know how the percentages break down. Like, they don't know that, you know, the beat is 50%, you know, the musical part of it is 50%, and the lyrics and melody is the other 50%. Like, they don't even know that. So, like, you have to know mm-hmm. these basic things so you, you're intelligent a little bit. Even if you're intelligent in a whole, you at least should be <laughs> intelligent about what you're trying to make money at. You know what I mean? So... 
be intelligent about what you're doing and, 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 you know, check out some of the best people who've done it and just see what they did. You don't have to steal and bite from them, but I'm just saying just check out what they did. And it's a lot of things you're going to run up to, you know, that will look familiar when you do that. You know, you'll already be kind of familiar with what's going on. Now let me ask you this. Do you think there's going to be some type of transition in, as far as the, the um, let's say, the, the content of the music? Like uh, um, there's a lot of profanity-laced music out there, right. and then there's the Walmart version. So right. do you think there's going to be some type of transition in which they're going to start eliminating a lot of the profanity to make the you know the song more universal to, like, everybody to hear? Because, of, you know, you can't just let well, your kids listen yeah. to everything. Right, right, and that and that's what I'm saying. If you're an artist who makes music, and this is something I even learned from songs on the Kia Auto Tune. Like, if you listen to that record, it's a record I did in two weeks. You know what I'm saying? It's a um, it's a real more laid back record. It's not as hard edge as as the rap CD on Atari Mania or you know the pop music that's gonna be on Atari Mania. It's more like kind of smooth. Like you heard the Brandy record that was on there. Um, and there's a lot of rap records, but it's more like you know kind of laid back, just vibed out music or whatever. Um, and but but on the CDs, like I was saying, some really crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I was just being me, and I was just saying some crazy stuff. Um, if you listen to a record called Crash, and I talked about, I just went into detail about a couple of chicks, and it was just like it was kind of crazy. So a comeback is kind of like that too. It's a story, you know, about this dude who knows he's got a great woman, and he still messes up or whatever. But like. What I learned from Song of the Kid Auto Tune, one of the things I learned from it was I had a few people come to me and they were like, Man, I love this CD. It's jamming. I wanna like me, you know what I'm saying? I love this CD. I played it for my girl, she loved it, I played it for my homeboy, he loved it, whatever it is. And there was like there's certain people would come to me and be like, Man, this C D is jamming but like I can't play it in the car with my kids. And it was like, I really, really want to because everything is catchy and my kids be catching on mm-hmm. to it real quick and I want to sing it, but I can't play it in the car with them. So I was just like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, <laughs> not saying that you can't cuss or nothing. I'm not saying that I won't cuss because God knows I do. You know what I mean? But, like, <laughs> when you, it's just about I made more of a conscious effort, I think, on Atari Mania and the records I'm doing now to yeah, – I'll curse, you know, certain, certain times, but, like, if I can find another way to say it or if I'm saying something that's of like a sexual nature or something, if I can find a way to, to do it a little different, you know, and not really say it, you know, but say it in a in a better way that you can get over the head of the kids and the parents can still enjoy it, then that's like one thing that I'm trying to add to this. So, I mean, it's still hard for the hood and the records that need to be hard or hard, you know what I mean? But like on the, rec- on the side of the CD that I'm trying to, you know, let people be able to really listen to with everybody, I'm trying to find different ways to say that stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think there should be some changes in that. You know, like if you have to go do two versions, then fine. But even when on the radio, when they edit certain things, I mean, they don't edit it enough. I can still hear the word. So what, what's the point, you know? And, that, and that's what kills me about radio because this is like who decides that because, you know, they'll bleep, you know, damn on some records even. And then, like, yeah. I remember the Little John record. They, they was like, oh, skeet, 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 skeet. I'm like, whoa, like, we can play this? All right, that's cool, but. Why does y'all believe the other dude was saying damn or ass like damn? No, why well, can so. they don't know the terminology? It is a right. little terminologies out there too. They ain't necessarily a, a cuss word, exactly. and they, they don't know. You know, right. like I got my right. my daughter is a rapper, okay, and my Who's daughter up? did a a, re, a remix of um, Ludacris's "How Low Can You Go." Okay. 
and it was really hot and slowing, but she used one word in the entire song that, like, the, I played it at my radio station when I was in, um, on the station in Philly, and, like, they didn't even catch that at all. So I went in and put it on there. But <laughs> they right, didn't catch right. use the term teabagging, and we know it wasn't about Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even have no clue, okay? Right, they didn't have no right. clue. So, right. but they had a big problem with me using the word S H I T. I forgot the name of the artist, but um, it was a song, and it was like the, the engineer already knew it. Like, I don't think he would say that. He fucked right. so much. I was like, well, he gave me a song with our like, the whole the whole deal about it. And I understand, you know, it's, it's just how it is in society. But like, you know, I, there, there's some laws that are probably about to pass in the next three to five years about a certain. Herbs that happens to be growing oh, around yeah. the world, and uh, <laughs> like I'm just gonna be interested to see like like what are they gonna do because when that passes, like that's gonna flip their whole like the whole lies they've been telling yeah. about about it. You know what I'm saying? Like like when you people are able to do TV, that, but you can smoke some weed. You know? Right? It's like when people are able to do that, it's gonna be like okay, well, dang, mom, you said five years ago that that was that was that was the drug. You know, like you know, I'm just that's just my personality. I'm, I'm interested to see how that's gonna happen. Like I'm interested to see how. Yeah, what do you, you tell know, your kids? What do you tell your right, kids per, about right. marijuana? <laughs> right, and then the person, you know, the person who's who's the 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 uh, the business guy. You know what I'm saying? Who, who smokes or whatever, and his kids don't know he smokes. And then, like, when it's illegal, <laughs> all of a sudden he's just gonna be smoking in the living room in front of his kids. Like, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I'm gonna stuff. It is. It looks like we got another caller coming in. Um, everybody's in the land of the day. Let me see who this is. Uh, caller from area code six seven eight uh, seventy three forty. You are on the line with Rick Atari and Ravinda from MD and Indy Radio. Could you state your name, please? Yeah, this is T Man. T Man. Hello. What how up? are you? All right. How you doing? You doing all right? Hey, Rick. Man, I just want to tell you, man. I've been uh. Yeah, I ain't no stalker, bro, but I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of yours, man. I've been following your career for a while, bro. <laughs> man, I appreciate but, it, dog. Yeah, man. I just want to let you know, uh, man. Back back in, man, back in the free base days, baby. I, I mean, it's been, it's been a while, man. Watching you uh, do your thing, man. And wow. I, I wanted to call in and just say, man, I know you're a visionary, man, and I know that, um, you know, uh, just watching the things that you're doing, the music that uh, I've been observing online and everything. I just wanted to know. Where do you see music going over the next few years, and how do you play a part in that? Man, where do I see music going in the next few years? I don't know. I think, like, the last couple of years, it was really interesting because I told people that dance was the thing that was about to happen. Like, I've been saying it for the last, like, two years. Like, the way it was happening in Europe, it's a big dance craze. And if you listen to all the pop records now, like, 90% of them are dance records. You know, Rihanna's new record, uh, The Only Girl in the World, that's a dance record. Uh, they consider the the Far East Movement record a dance record, even though it's pretty much like a kind of a, like a new booty shake type record or whatever. But I don't know. I think everything is going club, you know, on one half, and then I think personalities are coming back. I think um, big pop records are coming back. And then when I say pop, I mean you know, because Better Alone is kind of an R and B flavor record, but everybody considers it a pop record because it's so big. I just think big music is coming back. I think uh, meaning and lyrics is coming back, you know, more so than just records about nothing. And uh, I think people are going to get back kind of to 
maybe kind of a glory period in music if it keeps going like it's going. And I think there's still a side for, like, the underground rap and, and the rap that's just fun for the club, but I think there's also the side that hasn't been shown. So I think that side is coming back. Because you can tell with Gaga, like, in two years, she sold 63 million singles and albums. Like, nobody's close to that. Yeah. It's a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a reason. It's a reason. So, and I heard I heard Gaga say that uh, her music just wasn't like she wasn't just an artist. She was a she said she was a performance artist. So like all of her stuff matched her videos. You know her her videos matched the singles. You know the performance matched the video. Like it was always something new and different. And I think that's coming back. You know what I'm saying? So. All right. That's what's up, man. Well, I, I appreciate right. you. You know, stepping outside of the box, bro, and uh, keeping Atlanta out. out. You know, doing doing the different music, man, and keeping us out of that mold, that one mold, man. Appreciate you, bro. Keep doing what you're doing. I know you go, it, it, it's gonna blow up for you, man. I know it is. It's gonna blow up in an even bigger way than it has already, bro. Appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you, man, and, and spread the word. I appreciate you calling in too. That's what's up. Thank you, T man. Right. Thank you so much for calling in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, it was a great question that he asked. A great question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, that was a really good question. And I think that um, what you were saying is, is so true. It's definitely going to be a change. Like, I, for me personally, I love me some serious dance music, you know. Right. And that's right. what I like about Europe because they always have the best dance music and electronics music and everything. And, and we should do more of it. We had it back in the 80s and Right. You know, we need to come. Right. I mean, that was a long time ago. Can we bring some of that back? Like, right, and I was gonna say, that it I don't have to be most. everything. It's just like it is. It, it doesn't have to all be that, you know. And I don't want people to misunderstand. Right. And I'm saying that all music needs to be that. It, it doesn't need to be that. But like, there's a certain music that there's no emotional attachment with with fans and records now. That's why people only buy singles, right. they buy a song, they hear it right quick and they like it and they run and they buy it or they buy the ringtone or whatever. And and they, they do have somewhat of an emotional connection, but it's it's like not the way it was, you know what I mean? And, like, I think that right. is a big thing. Like, when you have that performance artist instead of just a regular artist, like, it's easier to get an emotional connection to it. And I know there will always be different forms of music, but I think – you know that music. I mean, you can tell in the charts and in the in the money that's being generated. Like that music is what's happening. That's true. And not to mention, country music is like right neck and neck with oh, the yeah. same stuff that oh, we're yeah. talking about because they're yeah. changing the way that sounds. It's not exactly. that old school, old fashioned stuff anymore. Like with Dolly Parton or anybody, it's a Tammy. It's like a little different. Like with Taylor Swift coming out and. And yeah. a lot of sometimes I can't even tell if it's supposed to be a country song, you know, because exactly. they put exactly. a little bit of flavor in it, you know. Yeah, and, so and it's like it's country pop, change. you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. that's why she's so big. It's like even before her, it was Shania Twain and all these people uh-huh. like this who kind of was like, you know, this like sassy kind of country pop. It was like country Twain, but it was really pop records, you know what I mean? So, and it's just like nothing's wrong with any genre of music, but just me, if you're an artist who can make music and you enjoy that type of music, then why not, you know, make music where your consumer base is 20 million people or 50 million people instead of where your consumer base is 2 million people. Like, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, why all these, why short yourself like that? You know what I mean? So, um, and I, just from a producer's background, it's like as a producer, your job is to put together the record and to get the best out of the artist. So, like, you're always supposed to take – 
what's dope about the artist and accentuate that and hide what's not so dope about the artist and also make what make what is dope about the artist accessible to everybody. Like you're supposed to make it so that the most amount of people can understand artist A, you know, what's special about them. You know what I mean? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what it is as a producer, and I think people should kind of approach their records like that. And even our big artists, our big R&B artists, like Usher. Usher's huge. He's a perfect example. He's mm-hmm. always been kind of on the line of, like, R&B pop, but, you know, There Goes My Baby, that's a dope record. Like, I that's love that song. Like, you know what I'm saying? That feels like some oh mic, you know what I'm saying? Know. Like, that's a dope record. But, and that was doing well, and the single before that was doing okay, but, like, he didn't pop until he did Oh My God. And Oh My God is a techno song, y'all. I don't care what y'all say. <laughs> that's a techno song that's playing on the hood stations. You know what I'm saying? And that's great. And I think that was a, that was one of the most important records in a long time. You know what I'm saying? For that reason. Like, when I heard 107.9 playing a techno record, I was like, oh, here it go. Like, it's turning. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's starting to turn. So, that's a very important record, and that's when his album took off and blew up, and then he's got the DJ, you know, got to follow, got us falling in love again. Another techno record is like uh-huh. another dance record. So this is what it and is. You know what? The, we're getting to the future right now. And while at the same time we have Usher doing that, let's talk about R. Kelly's song, When a Woman Loves. He, I just right. watched like a, a behind the scenes him describing why he wrote that song, and he was trying to put emotion back into the music, and he was like going to emotional attachment, like Sam Cooke, you know, artists like that. Marvin Gaye, like, that's what he's know, trying to be, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like all of that. Yeah. Right, so, and I'm and listening to that song every day because it's such a beautiful song, and he put it into it. You know, right. and it's different. It's just like that. it got, it got, it got so, it got so. It got so plain for a second. Like, it still is a little bit, but it's like it's, it's like I see a little opening, you know what I'm saying? And I'm hoping it's, it's getting uh-huh. better. And it's just like it got so plain for a few years there. Like, you couldn't have more than one or two sounds in a beat almost. It was like it was just, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was very plain. <laughs> and it was like now it's coming back more to real records. And, um, and, and and when you're an artist who can pull that type of stuff off and you had that kind of personality and, you, you know, you're blessed with that charisma, it's like, you could take it there. You know, you could take it somewhere right. where it hasn't been. So, And a lot of people go back and forth. They'll either do, you know, one genre and then they come back with something different and they just right. show their versatility. And that's a good thing to be, too, because, for one thing, I'm not going to listen to Little Wayne do a romantic song, okay? I don't think that's even possible. <laughs> I can't even stand his voice. Possible. But, like, I can't, I, like I can't, I can't. I mean, I, I like his personality. I just can't stand his voice. Right, 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 right. I can't think of it into a romantic song. Like, I'm shocked that Nicki right. Minaj has this song out now that my daughter plays, like, all day long. It drives me crazy. Right through me. And, and, right it's through like, me. It's a dope song. To, and it's the yes, thing. Nicki it Minaj, is, I'm sorry, is. I forgot about her. That's a perfect example. What uh-huh. a personality, you know what I'm saying? Like Janelle yeah. Monae, a lot of people like Janelle Monae, and I like Janelle Monae, and I like the couple here. of her records, but, but something about, and I like her look, but, like, something about her to me it just seemed like it didn't connect with everybody. Maybe it was, like, a little bit too forced or something, but, like, Nikki, even though she's way over the top, it seems, like, legit because mm-hmm. she's just, like, this bubble personality. You know, she's like a Barbie doll. She's got the big boobs, the mm-hmm. big butt. You know what I'm saying? She's just like a mm-hmm. like a Betty Boop doll or something that just came to life. Yeah. She can wrap her and wrap her Betty ass Boop. off. Yeah, you know, because she can wrap her ass off. And it's just, like, it's dope. And it's, like, people are captivated by it. So it's, like, mix mm-hmm. that with getting on some crossover pop records. Along with your hip hop stuff, 
And she's where she is. She's been on like seven of the top records, I think, of the past year. She didn't even have an That's album. Right. Out, so. Right. You know, she's killing it. So and these like these records are selling y'all. Like I see these sales charts. Like these little records, like these uh pop records, like the Tayo Cruz dude, the Dynamite record. Yeah. Okay. Like That's these cool. records are selling millions of copies. Like people are saying, Where is Eminem? Eminem is at the top of the charts. Like he's yeah, I think he's got two singles. Even B.O.B. Like, B.O.B. is on three records who that have sold over a million copies. I think the first two sold over two million. So he's at five-plus million just on singles. That's, like, right. that's just on three singles. They ain't even talking about the album. Now, even Nelly's making a comeback with um, yep. Just a Dream. Like, he's, like, number four. You see four. how he did it. And he did it by yeah. what? He makes the hip-hop with the pop. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's the formula for everybody, but if you're trying to go that route, you know, that's the way to do it. Like, Flow Rider. Flow Rider probably sold more singles. He's He's got to be in he's, the top ten rappers. I want to say top five of the last five he's years. Yeah, eight he's on the chart. Yeah. Exactly. But I'm saying he's got to be in sales, like sales that he's generating on his singles. Yeah. Like, this dude is quietly selling millions of copies of singles, yes, you know. You know, so, you know, more power to him. I think that what they do is they – they really, really get to know the whole Internet thing because people are on the go, and they're not sitting still listening to a radio, you know, CD player or no, nothing like that they're anymore. Not. They're mobile. So now that they have where you can listen to music on a, um, on a BlackBerry or iPhone or whatever, and then you can also, like, you know, have a little portable radio you can carry around with you in your car right. and pick up Internet radio or satellite radio, it's like, you know, you as long as you reach – where you can get your music in those avenues, you want right. to see more increased sales because now you're reaching a, a little area nobody really took serious. They, exactly. I mean, it's, and it's, it's not even new. It's not even new yeah. thing. It is. And it's going to get better for the artists, too, in the next few years because a lot of things are becoming more interactive. And y'all got to stay up on this stuff, like, for real, like, because this is what it is. Like, it, it is that. Right. Like, I sell a lot of I sell a lot of units on iTunes, and a lot of people never even heard of me. You know what I mean? But it's like right. I'm selling units as an artist on iTunes, you know, straight money, direct to me. The money come right to me, right mm-hmm. to my account. Don't go through nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? And That's even what I'm Drake, talking like, about. And it's, it's another, like, people got to understand that for the rappers and, like, like y'all gotta understand this. Like understand that Drake put out uh, what's the CD? The dang, I can't think of the name of the big mixtape he had. Whatever his big mix, so far gone I think it was called. I'm not sure, but his big mixtape he had uh, last year, the year before that put him on the map. Like this was free on his website. Everybody got this mixtape for free. The president of TuneCore put in an article and he said that Drake with the free mixtape still sold over 300,000 copies of Best I Ever Had the single before he got a deal, like 300,000 copies of that single, and it was free on his mixtape. And that should tell y'all that it's two different sets of consumers. It's one set of consumers who are going to download the mixtape, you know what I'm saying, and they're going to rock with it, and they'll talk about it, and that's dope, and that's very useful. But then there's another set of consumers who are going to spend that 99 cent, you know what I mean? And, and not in every case, but in the majority of the cases. So you have to, if you're really serious about this, you got to make something that both sets of consumers can get. I know, because I'm working with an artist myself, and and um, my plan is to totally saturate, you know, what resources we have virtually, digitally, you know, because that's where it is. 
You know, right. you can't depend on whatever you think you're going to get from a label because all they're going to do is come and let you do all the work and then come in and take take credit for it exactly. and then take your money. Exactly. You and know, that's something and, that and, like, you, you even put me on. I got to give you the credit. I got to give you the credit on this one because I didn't know this until me and you talked about doing this interview. But, you know, mm-hmm. apparently since July, because I've been running all summer, but, like, they're now counting, you know, some Internet radio spins as BDS spins. Anybody know what BDS is? Yeah. It's like that's what they count. Like when these young artists get on the radio station, say you're in Atlanta and you're an unsigned artist and your record hits 107.9 and you got your record coded properly like you should, um, you know, they count those spins and that's what those labels see that makes them come running to your door. Like they see them that's spins right. and they see them sales and that's what makes them call you and give you that money and give you that check. So it's like, now that they've opened that up and made, you know, Internet radio a part of that, like, it's really about to level the playing field, and we're really about to see who really is. got some heat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's coming you know, down to who's going to have some heat. Yeah, you know, I'm it's like, you. who who got the heat? You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah, I'm man. So. And they all licensed, and we all do BDSNs. And anybody out there, we got... Like you can't, we're not putting it out there like you got to pay for BDS senses that's still pay to play, but it's the promotion of it because you can't just play a song. You got to send it to other people and you got to put it out there to the audience. So we do more than just that. We put it out there to the audience. Like every DJ that's that's signed into the International DJ Trade Association is going to get your song. You know, right. we can't guarantee everybody's going to play it. But we, and we see, that's where it come in right there, though. That's where that real music come in. Like, you got to have that record that somebody hear it one time, and they like, I want to hear that record again. You know what I mean? Like, that that's a hit record. Right. I want to I wanna play that tonight on my show. Like, and that's where it's going to really get back to to talent. I think that the Internet is, is, is kind of jacking it up, the industry, but then it's, like, making yeah. it a little better for as far as talent and creativity because you're going to have to really do something. You ain't going to be able to That's do right. them same records. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, I know some producers, right. too. They just listen to what's on the radio. They'll take – I mean, these are, these are famous producers that I've been in sessions with before who hear a mm-hmm. record on the radio and remake that record, like beat for beat, drum, kick, snare, hi-hat, everything. They may change the sound. <laughs> they remake that record, and they send that to some A&R dude or some, some artist, and they buy it. And it's just like, uh-huh. are y'all really that sleep? Is everybody – am I only one awake? Like, what's, <laughs> what's going on? You know, so – I don't know, but that's the industry, man. But know. well, you know, that's what's up. we we we're going we're going to get somewhere with it. Like, um, oh, but yeah. uh, in closing, we got about six minutes left. So I want to make sure I get another one of your songs in. But I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for um, coming on to the show and gracing my show with your knowledge of the industry and your career and telling us all these great things that you're doing. And I just, I just want to be a part of it because I just think it's such a wonderful thing for you to be the way you are and have such a vision of your of your future and how it is affected by what's going on with this industry and what you are contributing to it. I mean, you're doing a big thing, even if you didn't feel that way. You are doing a big thing. There are so many people out here that need to be doing what you're doing, and they're not. They're really just being selfish, and they're not sharing, and they're letting people continue bringing us this crap that we got to listen to all the time. (laughs) Right, and I I definitely appreciate you having me on. I I do. I I know I got a long list of plugs, but I'll plug some stuff before I go. But I definitely appreciate you having me on. And um, once Atari Mania drops, I'll come back, and uh, we'll play some more records from that. 
because uh, most of these records right. that you're playing uh, are records that have already been out and been heard. And I got some great records on Atari Mania. I got Snoop Dogg on there. I got Drake on there. I got um, Sean Fallon, Playboy Trey, Killer Mike, Young Joe, G, uh, Gucci Mane, uh, G Mane. I got Titty Boy from Play a Circle on a record. I got uh, the Mission Dish. I got a lot of features on this record. It's 30 songs. Mm-hmm. At, at least it's going to be like 26, 30 songs, something like that, between the two records. So wow. it's, an, it's an awesome double album and uh, some incredible features. It has some incredible records. Um, the Fires Movement record will be on there. Uh, the like a G6, the one you played earlier, and uh, I got some, mm-hmm. I got some great heat for everybody. So I got everything, rap, hip hop. Make sure you come, make sure rock. you come back, and oh, yeah, and you back. and I need to talk. We need to talk after the show so we can talk about getting your your music on um, the other radio stations so you can start seeing those spins, make it make some magic that. happen. There's some big announcements coming too. Oh, I just can't make them. I wish I could, but there's some big announcements about my career and where my career is going and where I'm headed and where where you know my music home may be. There's some big things coming, um, you know, on that and on all the other things. And uh, on the plugs, let's see. On the plugs, I got a plug. Black yeah. Tree Music. Uh, that's my indie label. Myself, Jay Black, Tony Arrow, uh, Sam Freeze, the artists that are on the label. Um, we're going to have a lot of heat for everybody in 2011. Everybody's dropping uh, records in 2011. Um, my album is going to be called Big Black Electronica God. So after Tired Mania, that's the name of my actual album that's going to drop. Um, uh, Tony Arrow is coming with his singles. Uh, it's called Superhero. It's coming in January. Uh, Jay Black is coming with his album. It's called Off the Ground. I believe that's the title we're going to go with. And we're working on his album. So that'll be out, and he'll be a part of Sprite campaign and all that great stuff. So a lot of good things happening for Black Tree, and that's BlackTreeMusic.com. Uh, we're going to redo this site because it's an older version of the site, but we're about mm-hmm. to redo the BlackTreeMusic.com site, but it's there. Um, also, Soapbox Studios, if you need studio time in the A, SoapboxStudios.com. Um, you can go to RoyNet. I, I have a publishing company called The Hit Catalog, Inc. We have a joint venture with uh, RoyNet, mm-hmm. the Royalty Network. And uh, you can check out the website. It's uh, RoyNet.com, R-O-Y-N-E-T.com. And uh, Tier 2 Films, we talked about that. And WrestlingObserverShoots.com, you can stay there and uh, get all your shoot interviews, your uh, behind-the-scenes and documentaries and everything that we're going to shoot. We have a lot more stuff available for Christmas there, so check that out. And then the company we didn't talk about is uh, a company that I don't, like, I don't run it day-to-day. I'm just a partner. I started the company, and and I'm a partner on the executive team, and it's called the Asato Agency. And um, if you go to www.asatoagency.com, it's a full-service styling, hair, makeup, clothes. We have photographers signed wow. or whatever. And uh, so for all your styling needs, everything, and we do everything. Like we've done, you know, big shows already. We had a big show in November that passed, and we've uh, been doing a bunch of big shoots. So go check it out. There's tons of pictures up there, tons of talented uh, makeup stylists, hairstylists, wardrobe stylists, photographers, all that stuff. So check that out if you need, um, if you need shots done from professional shots. You can go there and uh, hit that info uh, email on there, and we can hook you up. So uh, hit them up, and we'll do that. And what else? Uh, K4D, like I said, on Sunday nights, we'll be back either this Sunday or next Sunday. I think we're coming back. It's uh, blogtalkradio.com slash K4D. You check that out. And then my website, we can check out everything involved with Rick Atari, is www.rickric-atari, A-T-A-R-I, 
com. So rick-atari.com. I put up stuff on there just about every day now. And uh, got a lot of exclusives, a lot of leaks coming before Atari Mania, a lot of fun, cool stuff, videos, and all type of stuff. So you can check out with me there, and then you can click the associate, associate artist, and you can see Jay Black and Tony mm-hmm. Arrow pages, and just check out a lot of stuff. And, okay, my email is atariparty at gmail.com, and uh, I'm looking for people to help me internet market and promote my product. Uh, and there'll be a lot of good things in it for you. So if you like what you're hearing musically or you like what you heard me talk about and you want to be down with the movement, it's atariparty at gmail.com. And uh, I call my whole team the, the 2600. So <laughs> you can join the 2600, and we're going to have a lot of fun things going to the holidays and up to January and beyond that. So uh, Wait. Just put me on the list because I want to yeah, be I a part you. of that team. I got you. I got you, and I appreciate I'm grinding, you I'm grinding like, that's I'm grinding like old school. I mean, like I definitely, yeah, seven. I definitely want you. Definitely want you on the team because you grind hard. So Dang. I know we ain't got yeah, but a second, but uh, I, I want to really thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a lot of stuff on my website. They did an article on me on creativeloafing.com. Uh, it's a pretty big magazine here in oh. Atlanta, and they ran it on Fox 5 Atlanta uh, on their website. You can catch all the links and everything on my site. But they did an article on me. I had no clue they were going to do it. They just did it, <laughs> and I just happened to, to be seeing some stuff. And started. They did an article on me last week, so check that out. And just spread mm-hmm. the word on Rick Atari. You can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, at Rick Atari. No spaces, of course. And uh, holla at your boy. I'll see you all, all right. uh, at, at the top. Oh, yeah, we're going to see each other at the top. Well, our show yeah. is over. I want to thank everybody for listening in and, and um, attending this wonderful experience with Rick Atari. Folks, make sure you download this show and make sure you, you know, put it on your favorites and also yeah. send it out to your friends and make sure we, we get some serious downloads. I know it's going to be a lot. I just know we're going to break a record with this. Nothing but. Well, I'm going to call you in like five minutes. uh, All right, cool. Have a good night. (laughs) All right, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you to everybody who stayed up listening to me talk. And let's talk a whole (laughs) lot. So I don't think I did a two-hour show on my show in like a year. So this was a long one. Really? But uh, it didn't even feel long. So uh, thanks to everybody for the support, man. Thanks for all the callers and everybody who's listening. Everybody's going to download. Just keep supporting Rick Atari, rick-atari.com. And uh, much love to everybody. And I'll holler at you in a little bit. All right. Good night.